Welcome to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cops, a leadership podcast brought to you by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting. Hey, welcome to another episode of Church Unfiltered. We are powered by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting, where we seek to help pastors and church leaders answer the questions that they are really asking. Today, we are talking about communication, how to communicate better in our church environments, even even as leaders in businesses, different places that we find ourselves, we want to make sure that we are better communicators. Just recently, I did a survey with my staff um, at the church that I serve as executive pastor. We did a survey just looking into the well-being of the staff, and 11 out of 12 people that I surveyed said something about the need for better communication, the need for better communication. Now I kind of took that person. I was like, wait a minute. I thought I communicate well. I thought I, I helped them. I talked to them. I have an open door policy, all of these things. Mm-hmm. But as I researched or as I went further into it and asked uh, additional questions, I came to discover that it wasn't necessarily the open door policy that they had an issue with or anything. They were appreciative of all of that, but it was making sure that information was disseminated from top down um, properly and clearly. And so we wanted to make sure that um, we worked on that. So that having that in mind, I invited someone today, a guest today who is going to be a tremendous blessing to me and to each of you as our listeners. I invited Professor Katie Allred. Katie Allred is an assistant professor at the University of Mobile. She is an assistant professor of software development and digital media. She is known across the country. She speaks different conferences, different things that she does. But let me give you specifically what Katie does. Katie works with nonprofits, churches, businesses to help increase reach through websites, social media, and online marketing. She is the founder of churchcommunications.com. I brought an expert on with us on today on Church Unfiltered. And uh, she has an online community for church leaders featuring a Facebook group, podcast, and website. Katie Allred, welcome to Church Unfiltered. Hey, Anthony, how's it going? It is going very well. I am, I am just really excited to talk to you uh, so that you can help me and help the leaders that are listening to this podcast on today, uh, just to help us to be better communicators. Well, I thought you communicated that intro really well. So thank, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That makes me feel really good because I, I was about to change it. But thank you. Tell us a little bit more about you, Katie. Where are you from? How did you get into communications, marketing, all of this? How did you get into it? Yeah, so I am from Alabama, from Central Alabama originally, and live in Mobile, Alabama today. I lived in Nashville, Tennessee for quite some time. So my journey to communication, specifically online communication, is a fun one, I think. Um, I actually started a forum for Harry Potter fans back in 1999. So uh, I don't know if you know about this. Do you know about this, Anthony? No, I don't know about it. Yeah, I know. You're, I'm really taking a hard left turn on Anthony here. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I started the Terry Potter forum back in 1999. I was nine, by the way, so I'm really dating nine. myself on how old I am. 
Um, I was nine years old and from nine to 16 years old, I ran this Harry Potter forum and uh, it gained worldwide recognition as one of the best. J.K. Rowling gave us an award. Wow. Um, and so not a, not a little deal. It's a big deal. But what was great is that what I learned through that was that I intentionally, I like to say I intentionally on accident shared the gospel with thousands of people on the internet mm. uh, as a child. And there was no strategy, right? Like I was a kid. However, I knew that life change happens in the context of relationship. Uh-huh. And I had relationships with all these people and I loved them and I cared about them. And I saw them as individuals, even though I knew that they were behind a screen. And so I took that very literally at a, at a, very, at a very young age, which I think was just very, I don't know, um, influential in, in how I turned out. And so anyway, then I went uh-huh. to the school and digital marketing and like online marketing and like stuff like that just didn't exist as a concept in 2008 still, which is crazy. I mean, social media had just begun, right? So like Facebook had just launched in like 2004. We were at the end of MySpace come 2008, right? Um, and so uh, digital marketing just didn't exist. So I studied computer science because it was the closest thing and not exactly it, right? Like programming is not exactly digital marketing. Um, but I didn't really understand marketing at the time. And I mean, I took marketing classes. My undergrad is very much half business. And so I I did take marketing and I understood it and I liked it, but I I was more like interested in online stuff and I didn't know what to study. There was no, there was no concept for that. And then when I finally graduated in 2012, I ended up doing a master's degree with the University of Florida. They created an online master's of online communication, Mm -hmm. um, which really fit the bill for me (laughs) Um, and something I was really interested in studying. It was really neat. I got to study under professors who like one of them was doing research uh, with Michael J. Fox on Parkinson's research about second life and how people who had Parkinson's disease felt like they were living a more fulfilled life in second life than they were in their real life, which if you don't know what second life is, Mm. it's basically like you're a sim, right? It's VR, uh, essentially. It was VR back in 2002, which I mean, wasn't VR, right? It was on the screen. But um, I was like, ah, but there's no church here. You know, I was like, there's no, I, I realized really soon, I was like, there are people living full lives on the internet, especially like people who are disabled and, and other things. Uh, and there's no place for them to, to, to find hope. And I was like, what do I do? Right. And so anyways, this is all just in the back of my head. Uh, I'm working at an IT department, right? <laughs> like At the time I thought like that was what I was going to do. Well, anyway, I, uh, after I dug some optical fiber one day, literally I was like knee deep in mud, um, (laughs) and and fixing some cable. Um, I realized this wasn't what God called me to. And I was like, I need to figure out what it is because this isn't it. Um, God literally called me out of the mud, right? Yes. (laughs) And, and I went to, uh, I went on Twitter. I was just like scrolling Twitter and found this job opening at a church in Nashville. Uh, the guy who posted it, he was, uh, I'd previously been trained by him in another capacity when I worked camp. I worked camp for three summers as a good like Christian college kid does. Right, right. And he had trained me and I just always thought I would love to work for this guy. And he had left the organization he was at before and he was at 
um, this church. And I said, I'm going to apply and just see what happens, expecting not to hear back. Right. I was like, "Eh," you know, like they're not going to think of me anyway. It turned out that I was the strongest candidate, (laughs) which is great. Um, and I packed up my life and moved to Nashville, Tennessee, as one does in their young to early twenties. I feel like that's what everybody does now. It's like the thing to do. Right. Uh, and so that's what I did. And what was great is that what I found at that church was a place for me to explore all that I had thought about in the past, right. About online community and mm-hmm. how to build it. And so that's when I started church communications was at that church and, I created the Facebook group because I didn't think a page was the right answer. Groups weren't popular at the time. Um, But what I liked about groups was it was many to many, like it was user generated content. Like people like post things themselves. I don't have to necessarily start the conversation. Right. Um, It's more of a community, right? It's more of an organization. So anyway, started that group, thought I would find 50 people to complain about making church bulletins every week. And ended up finding, you know, over, you know, an hour at like 30, almost 30,000 today, which is wild. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's incredible. 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 All right. So, so, so he got called you out of the mud. It sounded like the prodigal son story. That, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not quite, but, but that's. Yeah, I, I didn't go away from Jesus at any right, point. Right. I you to call to ministry. There's my license over there. I, like for the Southern Baptist Convention, I'm right. like. Well, I'm cert- certainly glad that you that you responded to to the uh, to the call to to focus in on church work and church communication. So tell us a little bit about that uh, yeah. as far as what church communication does and what you specifically do with that. Yeah, I think you wrapped it up earlier really well. Like we're a community, a podcast, a website. Um, really, the community is our bread and butter. So the community lives on Facebook. Uh, it's our Facebook group called Church Communications. If you go and look for it. And it is just a phenomenal place where people get the help that they need when it comes to communication, because there just isn't a lot of places to talk about those really specific things, right? Like I'm building a welcome, um, you know, I'm building a welcome foyer. I don't know what to put in it. Like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what it should look like. And you can go in and find examples or you can like ask people and they'll show you theirs, which is really great. Or you can say, Hey, I'm putting it together. Like, you know, a guest brochure. I don't know what to put in it. You know, all those kind of things where people are like helping and answering, or maybe I'm doing an outreach event. Right. And I don't know exactly what to do for this outreach event. And so just getting those opinions, like second opinions from other people who are in the same line of work as you is so important. And so it's been a really incredible community. It's about 80% engaged, meaning like 24,000 people use the group every single day, which is mind blowing to me. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a great uh, help for a lot of people. We have a podcast and a website, but they really support that. We also have CC pro, which is our training and our events. Um, we had Thrive and Cultivate in May, which was a mental health event for church leaders because we wanted to raise awareness about mental health in the church, specifically for church leaders. And then also we've done She Leads Church, which is about women leading a church. And so just raising awareness of certain things, um, those events, we've just helped a lot of different church leaders with them. Yeah, that is wonderful. Thank you for what you're doing. That is incredible. So over 24,000 active people in this Facebook group. And uh, that that is incredible. So I want to I want to kind of go back to 
the Facebook groups. I know that people are using them much more, but they're still they seem still seem to be a little bit elusive in some with some churches, some pastors, leaders uh -huh. still don't know exactly what to have. A friend, right. we, our, a friend of ours is is Nona Jones. We've had her on here. That's a friend of mine. Uh, we've had we her. Nona. Yeah, she's 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 been trying to get more and more, especially churches, uh, mm. African American churches, to use Facebook groups. Yeah. Why why do you think it's still kind of elusive in in some mm. churches in so but many? I think we're, we're already we already have a page. Yes. I think that's it more than anything. They're like, we already have a page. Why would we want a group? They don't understand the difference between like, because they're very dis different products. Right. And so like a page, you can run ads, you can do check-ins and that kind of thing. And, and like Nona has said in the past, it, the page is the front door, right. but the group is a living room, right? It's right. like where you can actually get to know each other, have conversations. Um, it's like letting somebody into the, into your house. Right. And so it's a very different feeling than the pages. And also the reach is very different as well. Uh, the, a page, the reach is really confined to like pay to play. Like you have to really run ads in order sometimes to get more reach, or you have to be very consistent about posting and posting like fun content and not necessarily like always biblical content, which I know a lot of churches really don't like. Yeah. Uh, but in order to get that reach, you kind of have to, um, most pages get 9% reach, right? So that means if you got a page of a thousand likes, maybe 90 people will see. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think I think that's so important for our leaders to 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 know that because we really think and I say we we yeah. really think Facebook is doing more than than it actually is doing. Yeah, it's nine to sixteen percent. Like that's what I've seen most of the statistics yeah. say. Like most of the time, your stuff only gets that far. So, but a group will actually get a lot further. There isn't stats to like really like hang your hat on with that. You can go into like Facebook group insights and find how many people are like liking and engaging and those kind of things. Now there wasn't those kind of insights just a few years ago. Um, and so a group just goes further than a page will. And here's the thing, a page is not about informing your membership about things. It's not a billboard, right? Like I think we use the page as a way to say, come to this event, come to this event. And like, don't get me wrong, like we should do that, but like we should be doing it in ads really because like the people who like your page, the people who like your page are people who go to your church. <laughs> so they already know about all these events for the most part. Like they've seen it, you know, the bulletin or it's on the church website or whatever. Um, although the church website is really for your guests too, but the page is really for guests. And so like, you, that's where you should be celebrating life change and what God is doing in the life of your church and, um, and sharing stories. Right. right. I think that's like really critical. Like those are the, the pieces that are just missing and sharing like testimonies, right? Like Paul's most like, I don't know, influential like thing that he's ever, he ever did was share his testimony, right. Of how he came to know Jesus. And so I think churches, they're just missing the mark sometimes on those Facebook pages because, it really doesn't need to be about story. It really needs to be about sharing the life of the church, not about like, join us for this, join us for that. Like, do you know we have like a fellowship dinner? Like, I mean, yes, great. Um, you can create events for those on your Facebook page. I'm not like hating against it, but like you should be doing more than just come to this, come to that, come to this. Yeah, that is so important, Katie. Thank you for sharing that because so many of the pastors that I talk to, work with, 
um, they think that Facebook is Facebook has become the new church bulletin. Yeah. We've, we've, we say, okay, we're not going to put it in the church bulletin. We're not even going to have a church bulletin, but we're going to put everything on Facebook and it's become that. And I've shared with them exactly what you said. It's, it's going to make your reach tank. That's the that's problem. important there. I don't think yeah. that they realize that that's explain to us that well, a little more. Why would it make our reach tank? If you're always saying like, you know, it's basically like if you were, okay, let's think about marketing in general. Okay. okay? Uh, I teach students marketing. <laughs> That's one of my main things. And like one of my favorite examples is Nike. Yes. Okay. When you think of Nike, I want you to go and look up Nike ads because nearly there will not be hardly any of them that will feature just a picture of their shoe. Right. Like think of a Nike ad right now, like your favorite Nike ad. It's probably about an athlete. It's probably an inspiring story about an athlete. And and then also like a hit, what they believe is everybody is an athlete because everybody has a body or something like that. Or everyone has a body. I can't remember. Okay, so I, I butchered that really bad. Um, <laughs> but what I love is that like every single story just points back to Nike. And yeah, these people like use Nike and like they love Nike. But at the end of the day, it's about how this athlete is aspiring to greatness. I think the same way all of our stories should point to Jesus, right? Everything that we do should point to Jesus. Along the way, our church is the guy that helps give them to Jesus, but they're not that like the church isn't the hero. The church is the guide, right? They're the ones pointing to Jesus, who is, you know, where we're trying to head to, like the success of where we're heading. Wow. Katie, thank you so much. I, I, we could talk about that alone. <laughs> but I wanted to. I I'm want a story to brand guide, too. I don't know. Have you ever read Story Brand? Story Brand? Yeah. Do you know about Story Brand? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, Story Brand is a book by Donald Miller. Have you, uh, yeah, you, have you ever heard of Donald Miller? I've heard of him, yes. Okay, yeah. So I um, read Building a Story Brand and then decided to become a story brand guide or whatever, (laughs) where I like learned a lot about it. But positioning, it's all about positioning and like telling a good story. And like every piece of marketing collateral is basically a good story. Like you want to hook people into a story, right? Like usually when I share with people, like my story began with in 1999 with a Harry Potter form, they're a little like, what? Because <laughs> you know? that's a good story. It's like a good hook, right? right? They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so, but it makes sense once I tell you the rest of the story, right? Like it kind of like it all threads together, kind of works together, but um just like the story of the gospel right it doesn't make a lot of sense from the beginning but like god really hooks you (laughs) and it really through and so yeah i don't know i think that we as churches we really clutter the story of the gospel and who we are and um each church really needs to clarify like what is their mission like what is their vision like what are you aiming for what are your goals right I remember the church I worked at previously, they, um, they redid their mission statement. Uh, basically it was like, I can't remember, I'm going to butcher this too. It was basically like, we're going to take the gospel to every person. Um, and by, by having gospel conversations or something like that. And like, they, and they said, we'll have a hundred thousand gospel conversations by 2030 or something. And so that they were like really clarified exactly what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. 
And I don't know, to me, like that was huge because it gave each of us a goal of, hey, we're going to have more gospel conversations. In order to do that, we've got to create like strategies to have more gospel conversations. And so, yeah. Right, right. That's that's really good. That's really good. So so let's let's talk a little bit about leadership communication. Let's focus in on. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why I called this podcast Church Unfiltered, I was just just doing some research. My 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 studies have been in leadership, organizational leadership, and I recognize that the the higher you go in leadership, the more filtered information is. To mm-hmm. uh, people don't want to tell you what's really happening; <laughs> uh, they want to tell you what you want to hear. In a sense, that's a yeah. raw mm-hmm. way of saying that. Um, so, but but it's important for us as leaders to understand how we are communicating with our team. Right. Talk to us about what what you have seen with leaders and the importance of communicating properly and effectively. Talk to us a little bit about that, about your experience with that. Yeah, you know, I have been under good leadership and I have been under bad. <laughs> I've seen, I'm sure you too, you too yes, have seen I have too. right? The best leaders over-communicate. Like the best leaders and, and they don't over communicate just to the people under them. They over communicate to the people above them as well. Right. Yeah. Um, they always keep everybody on the same page and there's no wondering um, where we're at in something or like, there's no, um, I don't know, guys, right. There's transparency across the board. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's kind of the biggest issue is when you're not being honest with people, they feel manipulated. Right. And so can you create space where people can be authentic and honest with you as well as you being authentic and honest with them? It's probably the best space you can create. However, that is really difficult to do, right? Because people don't want to lose their jobs and that kind of like, you know, I wish like I could go back in time and complain about some people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I wish I could have, and not complain. Like, I know like we're supposed to do all things without complaining, but like, I wish I had, I had informed some people about some choices of leadership above me that I felt was wrong. Right. But I never felt allowed to do that in certain con- in certain contexts. Right. Uh, maybe because I was young um maybe because I felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel so why would anybody listen to me um but at the same time like it's really necessary I I just feel like I've heard all these horror stories right where people feel like they're not heard um and it's because of that right it's because honestly most of the time they're they're the people at the bottom however the people at the bottom honestly sometimes have the best ideas I love this story there's a story about um a Frito-Lay I think it was Frito-Lay uh well, Cheetos, just with Cheetos. Uh, have you ever heard the story about the janitor at Cheetos? No, I haven't. Okay, it's a pretty good story. You'll have to look it up. I'm going to butcher it too. But at the Hustle, there's a, uh, there was a story by the Hustle, which is a business uh, email. And anyways, they did the story about this. There was a janitor at Cheetos. He was um, obviously the janitor. He saw like a thing though, like a, um, a poster that said, if you have an idea, you can call the CEO and tell him about it or something. And it was like an old poster that's probably been up there for a long, too long. Right. And nobody ever did it. Right. So, but he had this idea that he was like, there's no hot. He was like, there aren't any Cheetos that are spicy. He was like, but he was like, he was, he himself was Latino and he was like, all Latino people, we love spicy like chips. 
but there are no spicy Cheetos. And so anyways, he takes some Cheetos off the like conveyor belt, goes home and mixes up his own little mix. And he calls, he calls the CEO number, which it was like the admin assistant. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you calling? And he was like, I have this idea that you should make spicy Cheetos. And she was like, okay. And anyways, the CEO thankfully heard him and he he was like, okay, we'll do a pitch or whatever. And he brought him his spicy Cheetos and like did a pitch about the market research. He just showed like there's a huge sector of people that you're missing. And anyways, today he's like the vice president of like Cheetos. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Like it's a really crazy story. Yes. <laughs> but it's because I love the fact that one, this this CEO did not have to hear this man, right? Like, right, I right, mean, right. he could have been like, no, I'm too busy or like, take that poster down from, you know, 15 years ago before I was CEO or whatever. Right, right. Um, and also the janitor, like, was it ever turned down along the way right he was just like okay like and he also was persistent i think too a little bit at the same time and and was willing to like take a chance and right. and see what happens uh it's really a cool story but like at the same time that's what i'm saying like if you can like create this uh, i don't know this culture of honesty and openness that's when you do the best work yeah yeah and that's that honestly, uh, Katie, that's that's tough for so many, so many pastors, so many. I, I was a pastor. I understand. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost as if yeah. um, telling the pastor, especially in certain communities, that, that there's like that you don't want to tell the pastor. That's taboo because it's almost like you're going to be struck mm-hmm. down by lightning if you say yeah. something to the pastor. If yeah. you give any kind of feedback, if you give any feedback to any leadership in, in that that is established in the church. And we have to really get away from that, that we're missing opportunities yeah. to, to get hot Cheetos, to get hot ideas. <laughs> right? Like yeah. the spicy Cheetos would have never, ex- or hot Cheetos, I don't even know what they're called. Would have, never, would have never existed had this man not did this, right? Like, right. I mean, come on, we're missing out, right? On the, yeah, the possibility of hot Cheetos and, <laughs> because we're not listening to the bottom, right? Like there's no, I think too, what I hate and what I think I would recommend more of in church culture and, and honestly in corporate culture in general, um, there's always reviews, right? Like you have like a review time and not all churches do this. I think churches should do this. If you're not doing quarterly reviews, annual reviews, you should be doing them. Um, and we did them at the church I worked at, which I really liked, but what I wish there was more of was 360 reviews. Like I should also be able to review the person who is supervising me. And that's the worst. I know that like people don't want to hear that, but like at the same time, like how are you supposed to get better as a supervisor if you're not hearing from the people underneath you, if they need more like leadership or they need more guidance or they need more of this or that. Um, and I think like it would speak volumes if we allowed more 360 reviews just in all corporate culture, not just in, you know. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And I've said that on, a, on on different episodes, the importance of people being able to give their leader feedback or input suggestions that we should be open to that. Very important for that to happen for us. I don't think well. just open, but also give them the opportunity to do it. That's that's you're, you're absolutely right. 
because like if you're just open to it like of course like nobody's ever gonna give you any feedback right because you're like ah okay like but if you like literally give them the opportunity and give them like a word doc and say you have to fill this out like they're probably gonna be like okay like are you help like you do their their review and they get to like fill out a sheet for you and like you get to have a conversation about it like i think that's really helpful without without consequence Right. Yes. That's that's very important too. Yeah. Yeah. Give them opportunity to, and then you don't say, well, now I'm mad at you. And so we're going to do that. Forever. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Katie, give us, give us, give us three, three must or three must haves or three must do's that, that church, that every church should do, especially as coming out of, well, I would like to say we're coming out of COVID, but uh, the numbers are suggesting that we're not. (laughs) Um, that we still have a long way to go. I know. I, uh, I really hate that. I thought we were coming uh, yeah, out and I think we're going back in, honestly, this fall. Yeah, it look, it does look like this. This podcast actually launched when we shut down, when everything shut down. Yeah. And here we are uh, over a year and a half later and we're right. still talking about. I know. Isn't it crazy? A second wave of it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us this, just to give us three things, three things that you that you are, that you would say to the pastors, the leaders, business owners that listen on to this podcast, different things. What, what should we, what should we focus in on with, for, for equality communication? What's some yeah. must haves that we should do? Uh, online church is not live streaming. <laughs> Please say it for the people in the back, as they say. <laughs> online church is not live streaming. It is not live streaming. Please talk to us, Katie. <laughs> I've ruined everyone now. So sorry, everybody. They're like, wait, what? Like, you have had a year now. Um, you've probably been live streaming this whole time. And like, please hear me when I say like, like if that's the most you can do because you've reached your capacity, that is a fragrant gift to the Lord, and He is pleased with it. Like, I'm not saying that that is bad, but a lot of you have more capacity, right? Mm-hmm. And you're blessed with more resources than what you've been doing. And you have more time now to think about what it could be. And the truth is like online community is a big thing. And like figuring out how to do it well is, is a whole study. There are literally books on it, right? Like I have this book, Buzzing Communities. It's about how to build bigger, better, and more active online communities, right? There are books about online community there is studies about it right i'm teaching a class about it at the university of florida this fall so like it's its own study here's the thing church is uniquely poised to provide community they have been for the last thousand like for thousands of years right like that is the church has been the central hub of community for decades it wasn't my community when i was growing up my church was like my hub it was my central location right everything revolved around my church right and i know this changed a lot of things started revolving around the internet yes here's the thing the church can evolve can evolve can can change with it right you can also become the online community hub as well um but we have to figure it out right so we have to figure out what does that look like so online church not just live streaming so and also your live stream should it look like what sunday morning looks like that's a great question because Sunday morning is set up in a very unique way. Okay. For the in-person experience, a lot of standing up, sitting down, like there are, there are things in it that just don't communicate to the web. And so 
also there are studies that have been done right i'm an so i'm a professor and like we got all this research so we had to take everything that we were doing in person and go online in a week right just like y'all right. did right um and but for classes and we got all this research uh, and stuff that was sent to us like you know people who were hurried and rushing our instructional designers who were mm-hmm. sending us all this research saying you know your lectures cannot be longer than 15 minutes nobody will pay attention past 15 minutes mm. Yeah, uh-oh. I've heard a lot of pastors right now. All right, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Like, I mean, online people, they just they just won't pay attention past 15 minutes. Not when they can get up and make a sandwich or leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like in church, they're held captive like to you. And like your sermon could be really boring, but they're held captive there. If your right. sermon is boring and going on for, you know, an hour and a half, um, it, you know, it's going to be like Paul, you know, that in, in Paul, like, uh, in acts when he's pu- preaching all night and that man falls out the window right, right, right. And, fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and yet he, Paul goes out and heals the man, right. and, like raises him from the dead and then continues preaching until the next morning. Um, that can't happen on the internet. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Right, work right. that way. Um, and so, but can we like still disciple people really well? Yeah. 100%. Can we still teach them really well? hundred percent. Can we do evangelism really well? Of course we can, but we have to think of it differently. And a lot of these evangelism tactics that we've done in the past and discipleship tactics that we've done in the past can work. If we change into an online mentality, we just have to figure out what is the online mentality? One, one thing that I do encourage a lot of churches to do is to create like a Facebook group for their community, right? Like you can ask maybe somebody in your church who loves hiking to create a Facebook group for hiking for your city, right? And name it, you know, Nashville hiking or whatever. Right, Invite right. some people from your church, tell them like you're starting this community uh, specifically just to reach people in your community and then right. just have relationships that are totally normal that eventually evolve to relationships that you can invite them to church but don't make it weird like I think that's right. the problem like the church has made it weird for the last like hundred years I don't know. Yeah. somewhere along the line we just started handing out like evangel cubes and twenty dollar tracks and we lost like what the gospel is which is life change happening in the, in the context of relationship right like Jesus met somebody where they were and that's what changed their life, not him handing them a track. Um, you know, like uh, it's coming alongside somebody, walking with them, getting to know them as a human being, loving them, and then uh, leading them to Christ that changes Absolutely. life. Right, right. Um, I'm over here to preach, sorry. Um, <laughs> doing it, and this is good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, so that's really, I don't know, that's all I have to really say. I don't know, I think... Um, you know, if, if you want to get really practical about online church, there are some platforms that have come along that I think are really interesting. Alter Live is one. If you haven't ever seen Alter Live, uh, you can like join, you can like sit in a row of people. You can jump oh, into yeah, a table yeah. afterwards, like a lobby situation. I think that's pretty neat. Uh, but creating a Facebook group, again, is that opportunity to create a real online church community. If you want to know what online community looks like in a healthy way, please join my group. I think that is a great example of like what community can look like that's really healthy. But you've got to figure out what works for you and your church specifically. And, and I can't answer that for you because your culture is different than mine. Right. You know, like, and what you're doing is different than what I'm doing. I can give you some ideas and some examples and maybe you can apply them to yourself. But at the same time, like it's figuring out what works for your community and how, what your culture is and what is unique about it that you can translate to the online world. Wow. Wow. 
Great, great information. Katie Allred, Professor Katie Allred. She is a tremendous treasure of information and inspiration. Tell us, tell our listeners, tell our listeners, uh, Katie, how to get in, how to connect with you, connect with your group. Tell us how to find that group. And if there are anything, anything that they might need from you as far as consulting or coaching, how do they do that as well? Yeah, you can go to churchcommunications.com um, and you can find the group there. You can find CC Pro there. You can find our podcast and we have some shows as well. Uh, all of that's on churchcommunications.com. And then, of course, you can find the group in Facebook, Church Communications. Uh, and then what else? Uh, you can go to kdrred.com as well if you want to learn more about me and uh follow up with me, ask me any questions. I'm happy. I do a lot of consulting with churches specifically around this online community piece and engagement. And how do you get somebody from the internet to your online church through the funnel of uh, getting like actually discipled, like getting into a small group that's online, those kind of things. Um, But, you know, communication specifically too, right? Like what does it look like internally? How do we create a marketing plan? What does the strategy look like to reach people in your community? Um, Yeah. All those kind of things. So, all right, and if and if you have a student that attends what University of Mobile, Mobile, like, yeah, tell them tell them to take Professor Allred's class, yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever she's teaching. Tell take tell them to take her class. All right, so thank you so much, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us on Church Unfiltered. Thank you for the plethora of information that you have shared with us. Uh, I know that it has been a blessing, and we hope that you will be able to come back, follow up post pandemic. We're getting out of this, and uh, but we want to talk to you even more and dive a little deeper into communication and marketing. We want to just pick your brain. Thank you so much for being with us on today. Well, thank you for having me. Wow, we want to thank God for Katie Allred, Professor Katie Allred, sharing with us about communication. She said uh, an array of topics in reference to uh, digital engagement on Facebook, Facebook groups, and talked about even internal communication. If you want to look further into digital ministry, digital engagement, Facebook, episode 10 featuring Nona Jones is one that I recommend. Go back and listen to episode 10 uh, in reference to digital engagement as we spoke with my friend Nona Jones, who works for Facebook. So we encourage you to do that. But in the meantime, go and listen to all the episodes of Church Unfiltered that you may have missed. There's so many things, so many, so much good stuff that is out there. We want to make sure that you have every answer to the questions that you are really asking. God bless and God keep you. Thank you for listening to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cobbs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. For more resources related to today's topic, visit churchunfiltered.com or follow Dr. Anthony Cobbs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.